It's Friday the 13th. I was feeling all right. Having a good day. Not a knife in And welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and Friday the 13th. My name is Bob. And my name is Matt. And we're going to talk about video games. But first... It's Friday the 13th. It is, which is a good day to record. Yeah, because we're down with the devil uh, and you know we hope that he gives us the inspiration we need to just deliver a kick-ass episode of this podcast. I mean, but honestly, I hope that every time. <laughs> so, <laughs> like that—that's not actually special about the day, but I hope it happens. The goat we crucified. Yeah, well, you know, we keep killing the goats, and I'm honestly kind of running out of is, goats. Is that the thing that you're supposed to do for the devil, or does he like the goats? I've never been a hundred percent clear on that, but I think he's just into destruction. Yeah. So, hopefully, uh, I mean, we've killed a lot of goats, so yeah. it has to work out sometime. I like it. Yeah, it's fun. I had this friend um, who roomed with this guy who uh, is named... Oh, fuck, what was his name? Ivan. His name was Ivan. He roomed with Ivan. That's incredible. Ivan was in a metal band, and he said that on multiple occasions, he would see Ivan come home with a goat and disappear into his room with a goat. And then... This I, is not like, a real story. It was always a different goat. This is not a true story. It's totally a true story. Where are the goat corpses? Show I me the know. goat corpses. I this is secondhand, <laughs> which yeah. is why it's definitely true. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always the sign hearsay, and it's like I I, have, he- I, I heard I them have, say the I truth. I have a firsthand source on this. Uh huh. Is it you? No, I didn't live with Ivan. Hmm, I wish Ivan didn't like me. <laughs> that's unsurprising. You're just not very metal. <laughs> no. Yeah, just a big burly man who doesn't like the metal. Well, not really. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. My my Friday Thirteenth song, as we've we've established, <laughs> is a little bit more like <laughs> Peter Cetera than it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just Peter Paul and Mary tell you a song <laughs> about the most dangerous day of the year. Sharon, Lois, and Bram. <laughs> Did you ever watch that when you were a kid? The I have no show? idea what that is. Oh, okay, never mind. The that. Elephant Show. Sharon Lewis and Bram and the Elephant Show? Oh, I don't know. The Elephant Show is a good name for a metal record, though. Yeah, it is, actually. It's, it's funny how quickly that... Oh, or an ICP record. Have, you, have, you ever, have you ever stood next to an elephant, my friend? <laughs> That's a fucking miracle. Yeah. Uh, quick shout out to John Ronson, one of the greatest ICP interviewers ever. Probably, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, shout out to ICP. They're totally despicable, but also they give us so much. <laughs> So much. So many miracles. I mean, they, they point out the miracles that we've been ignoring every day. So uh, speaking of thy unveiling, do you want to discuss, do you want to discuss, <laughs> do you want me to unveil the news of the week? Please do. All and right. take us away to Shangri-La. <laughs> Let's enter the news hour. Um, Which so, Joker's card is this? I'm just going to, I just picked uh, from various uh, Euro, Eurogamer headlines this week first we're gonna start with friday friday the evil within two review and subtitled assassin's creep (laughs) (laughs) that's honestly kind of weak for them but i like it is it it is weak but it's still like they can do weak and i'm still like all right yeah i mean they they have such a high uh attempt percentage that it really works out so Eurogamer wasn't too hot on the Evil Within Two, which is the new game from Shinji Mikami's Tango GameWorks, um, published by Bethesda. Uh, they said the stealth isn't that great, but that the game feels like all right. And frankly, like if the shooting is half as heavy as The Last of Us, and um, if it has the so the first Evil Within had this like kind of trap laying mechanic that reminded me a lot of Bioshock Two, which is mm. one of my favorite games of all time. And so, like, I'm on board with that. Like, I'm probably going to get a copy of this game. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to get a copy of this game, uh, regardless of what the reviews say, because I want to support what Shinji Mikami is doing, because Shinji Mikami is, of course, the mind that brought us God Hand, and also Resident Evil 4, and also Resident Evil 1, and also Resident Evil 2, Yeah, and as in a production role, Dino Crisis. <laughs> 
and also worked on Aladdin on the SNES. Which is the better Aladdin. It is. It is. Yeah. Definitely is. This game, and really a lot of, like, I think Vanquish was incredible. Uh, and that was Shinji Mikami's game immediately after having been fired from Capcom. Since then, he's kind of seemed a little bit adrift. I, I kind of can't tell if it's that he's unable to achieve his ambitions or what exactly is sort of holding him back. But um, I always want to see what he's doing because I think that it might be something that people don't necessarily love universally, but it might be something that really appeals to my sensibility. I am. Um, yeah, he's. A, we should mention that he's in a producer role on this particular he game. Is, he he is. directed The Evil Within 1, and now he's a producer for Evil Within 2. Um, he supposedly is retired from directing. He claims. I am. Um, I wonder whether he can become like the Miyamoto though of the survival horror genre, I, where I, he just like sits on your desk, smokes in his baseball cap, and says like, "Well, what if we made it like open world segments?" Yeah, and then just wanders away, and yeah. you're like, "I've been working on this for two years, and it's nothing like that, but that's a good idea." <laughs> I hope that that happens, but fingers crossed. Me Shinji too. Mikami. Well, He's a good dude, and I, I will support him wherever he goes. Guaranteed we're going to have more information on The Evil Within 2 before too long, and probably also will have some comments on how it runs on the Xbox versus the PS4. Probably poorly. Which is probably actually something we'll talk about Xbox versus PS4 games running differently later, I yeah, expect. Yeah, I think we will touch on that. All right. From Thursday, this is especially for you. Gran Turismo Sport fixes the series racing, but at what cost? I read subtitled, this article. Subtitled checkered past <laughs> oh that's a really good yeah. one so this is actually coming out this month um and it's according to the review is less about driving and more about the sport so yeah this is uh gran turismo traditionally is this game that has hundreds and hundreds of cars uh and that ranges from like a honda civic to a bugatti um which is always the fun of it for me and it's always been a game that's very much about driving the fact that you are racing against other cars is sort of inconsequential. The ideal Gran Turismo experience is driving by yourself on an empty track and trying to set the best time mm. uh, because the driving itself is a incredible simulation and it's just tons of fun. With that in mind, uh, Gran Turismo Sport seems to be trying to make this into more of a video game for actual humans in that it's designed to have it be more of a racing game. The cars that are in it are all real fast race cars, supercars, None of the sort of, uh, as people like to call it, car PG mechanics <laughs> that are involved in like building up a Toyota Tercel to be the most bitchin' Toyota Tercel that can compete with, you know, actual sports cars. Um, so on that level, I'm kind of disappointed because what I go to Gran Turismo for is this experience where I get to buy a car that I could theoretically buy in real life and drive it and test drive it yeah and uh, as somebody who loves cars that's just a really fun experience for me this seems like it probably is in some ways a better racing game yeah but as this article alludes that might not be what i'm going for i look forward to the gran turismo that just has you sitting in traffic on the world's busiest highways that feels like something that we could probably fund on kickstarter <laughs> in early access now a zero stars production alongside star fucks <laughs> yeah um wednesday oculus is launching a low-cost all-in-one vr headset next year so um just to catch us up on this no pc is required for this it's an oculus rift like all-in-one package uh, you don't even need a phone it's called the oculus go which makes me think that it's part of the hitman go lara croft go series that I would assume. be amazing um uh or maybe it's just part of the ancient Japanese game of Go franchise, which has been going strong for yes. thousands of years. You've got me in Atari, I say. Anyway, it's uh two hundred bucks. This seems like two hundred dollars. It's two hundred bucks, one ninety nine. This seems like Facebook making a concerted effort to kind of um egal egalitarianize. Like That's the word. Normalize right? yeah. VR. Or just make it make it affordable. Yeah. Bring for, it down for everyone. That is awesome. I actually did not see this news. Um, this was Zuckerberg announced this. The most himself. interesting part of this for me is that I did see some news out of this announcement, and it's that Respawn is making a game for Oculus exclusively. Respawn, the developers of Titanfall and Titanfall 2, Titanfall 2 probably being my game of last year. So the idea that those people are devoting their efforts to a VR game, I feel like nobody's really cracked the VR 
game in a I don't know general sense and, yeah. and given it that just this game is great and it wouldn't be better anywhere else and it has to be here and it's a real game experience and it's not just about trying to scare you and yeah and I have real faith in Respawn as an organization to make things that feel good and so I am extremely intrigued by whatever they would want to do with VR and so if I can is spend the full, $200 and pay play that I would be into it is the full team working on this I or is this I a do side not project know. they okay. they seem to have expanded kind of rapidly because they're making a Star Wars game for EA oh I remember you saying that yeah so this must be a, this must be like in uh, yeah, at the same time being produced yeah I think it's like a side thing but I'd be and that EA game interested is going to sell know. like like gangbusters so fingers crossed man I, oh it's got to it's Star Wars Respawn deserves better and larger uh kind of exposure than they've yeah, gotten they I deserve like. more money without yeah, question they des- they deserve to be the premier studio making first person shooters because that's what they are the only people giving them a run for their money are strangely enough id with doom mm. uh but i think that there are different kinds of experiences and i think that respawn respawn should get theirs and so maybe this is the way they do it do you remember when bungie was a front runner Anyway, on to Tuesday. Tamagotchis are going back on sale. Subtitle, Playing Hard to Pet. Do you remember Tamagotchis? Yeah. Did you have a Tamagotchi? I never had a Tamagotchi. My sister and I had... um, They were the Tiger Electronics knockoff of the Tamagotchi, which were like real animals. I had a dog. She had a cat. Okay. Uh, And they were an enjoyable thing. This is actually... These are not like an upgraded Tamagotchi. These are literally the same ones that yeah. we played with. It's the same, like, it's not even backlit. The screen isn't even backlit. It is, this is being marketed not to kids. Right. But to you, me, and our sisters, apparently. that's It's interesting because I feel like that's a good idea. Like, I get why you'd bring that back out. I'm surprised it didn't come out sooner. So here's what's funny about it. I think, I feel like it did. But okay. what I find interesting about it, or just kind of strange, real life is a Tamagotchi now. So when when we had Tamagotchi, I'm, I'm not joking. I know that, yeah, Dutch blow your minds, end of podcast. Uh, real life, though, used to be this thing where you were engaging with stuff uh, like technology or just kind of other people intermittently. Yeah. And there was no way for large portions of your day for you to interact with other people um, or have sort of social like experiences did you grow up in a closet yeah so i grew up under the stairs and then when i was about 11 a giant came to me i think the owl came first does no the giant comes to you first no the owl comes first and then they keep burning or destroying the letters right because and then hagrid well then hagrid has to show up because no one's paying attention to the owls i didn't want to bring this up matt but i'm the chosen one okay i love the lord of the rings can we talk more about that yeah we really should so uh he's a boy his name is ender and he's a third. He's which from means, Narnia? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they go in. There's a queen, Ice Queen. And uh, at what point did they kill God? Is that in the third book? I don't know. But his name? Artemis Fowl. Uh, I totally lost track of where I was. We were just talking about Tamagotchis, man. Oh, yeah. There's, so, there's, no, there's no loss. But here's what I'm getting at. Tamagotchis used to fill the empty time in your day. Because it was this thing where you're sitting in line for... Uh, anything and you say I have nothing to do right now and then you had this weird pet that was going to fill that empty spot right because it was on your keychain and you said oh I'll just take care of this pet now I don't need that now because my friends are that Tamagotchi and they're texting me and I can just interact with them so someone's popular you're not wrong I'm a wizard so the Tamagotchi it's like a strange artifact from a time when we didn't have real interactions, so we needed this fake one that could be with you at all times. Um, so I would be very curious to know what it's like for a actual child to interact with a digital pet like that, because it doesn't seem like something that would continue to hold any appeal. Well, it was partly the conceit behind Nintendogs, which then just never... Did that ever take off in the U.S.? I think they sold a lot of copies of Nintendogs yeah, everywhere. But it, it obviously did not continue because that series is now kind of somewhat defunct. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like Nintendo hasn't been... I mean, they had one on the 3DS, and you don't really need to make a sequel. So I feel as though Nintendo doesn't make a good console for that now. But now that they make phone games, 
I would be really surprised if Nintendo does not publish a Nintendogs for phones. Yeah. All right. That's actually all I had for the news hour because there's not much other news. That is a really short news hour. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a little disappointing. We're a little, a little unlucky. It must be Friday, Friday the 13th. The 13th. Uh, I actually had a question, question for you. Um, Friday the 13th. You've seen those movies, right? I have. So all of them i've seen a remarkably large number of them so like of like the pantheon of like modern monster slash serial killer like you know halloween friday the 13th there's another one i'm totally not thinking predator predator (laughs) what's what's your like which one do you identify with of like that modern pantheon. Oh, wait a minute. There's Jason. Are you asking me which Jason, Michael serial Myers, killer yeah. I identify with the most? And Freddy Krueger of the three, the, that, that modern trifecta. Which one of those is like closest to your aesthetic is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean like which serial killer that, do you That's identify? what it felt like. Ed Gein. <laughs> I mean, it's He's obviously the Ted them, Bundy. Right? <laughs> Who's the one who ate them? I like that guy. My understanding was Ted Bundy was very charming. Um, that's a that's a difficult question. I'm gonna say uh, I I like Friday the Thirteenth because I you know the camp setting's fun and I I do appreciate the hockey mask and the fact that he's just this kind of immovable object that stabs. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that because Halloween dude's just like carrying people around, whatever. Always carrying people. Yeah, he's just carrying people. He's basically an EMT worker wearing <laughs> a mask. Are you gonna pick up a copy of Friday the Thirteenth the video game? I am interested in that game, but it has not been particularly well reviewed. But I think conceptually, it's a good idea. I wonder if that's one of those games that like is a ton of fun, despite the fact that no one can necessarily fully recommend it. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah, and I think we're going to talk about games like that later in the episode. Oh, we definitely are. But before we talk about those games, Matt, I have a question for you. What's that? How's your Dark Souls? Hello. Uh, I haven't played any Dark Souls. <laughs> God I haven't played it all. Damn it! I haven't. I just have no. I you beat it, and I feel as though I know everything. I'm gonna beat it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Some you point. have to beat it. I will. This is what happened with Dark Souls One: is that I stood at the bonfire outside of the last boss for the whole, just never beat it. I will beat this one. I will beat it. You. I mean, if you go into that fight, I think it's inevitable that you beat it. Yeah. Uh, because oh, I would not go into the fight and then give up at that point. Right. But well, the question but also is, like, it's, going it's, into the fight. It's not particularly difficult, and it looks beautiful going into it. So yeah, you you mentioned that. It's before. totally worth doing. Okay, I'll play Dark Souls at some point. Awesome. Did you play anything else? I played some other games. Yeah. Um, we had a reader mail. Oh yeah. That I totally didn't prep for. Me either. Uh, but I remember what part of it was. Ah, uh, go into your memory palace. Uh, go to the computer. Open on. the email client. <laughs> I believe Frank Grodin. And one of the things that he had asked about was um, the demo for Octopath Traveler, which was on the Switch. It was uh, put on the Switch shortly after this Nintendo Direct recently. This is a RPG in the traditional Square style, like Final Fantasies from the SNES. It's uh, developed at Square Enix. It's by the Bravely Default team. Did you ever play any Bravely Default? I didn't. Did you? I did not. No, it was on the 3DS. It was very well received. People really liked it, except for they said the back half was pretty bad. I think that there's a lot of kind of like replaying the same dungeons over again. Oh, that's no good. Um, So this game is due out in 2018. In fact, if you go to the Nintendo.com website, let's notice that that's Nintendo.com, not .co. Um, All the good websites got the .co's, though. That's why they couldn't get it. They couldn't get it. Um, if you go to the website, it actually says Octopath Traveler, then in like uh, brackets, working title, which is probably a good thing. I think that's a great name because it makes no sense. It does when you boot this demo up for the first time. Okay. So you boot the demo up, and um, you can play in the full game as one of eight characters. Oh, there the you go. Pads. That's your Octopath. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And you can travel along either of them. For the demo, you can only play as two. One of this is like this knight dude. He's just like a knight. I was not interested in that. And the other one is this dancer, and her name was Primrose. Okay. There's actually a puzzle game that I really like called Primrose. So I was like, I'm going to pick this dancer named Primrose because I was like, everybody likes dancing. Well, and, that, like and that's kind of a weird thing. Like every yeah. single fight. We know that we know the knight story. Is going to have a knight. We know the knight story. Yeah. Um, 
so I'm no fool. I went with Primrose. Uh, so the story of Primrose is that she's a princess of some sort, or like she's like she's Princess Primrose. She's hierarchy for sure. Um, and in the very beginning, there's a flashback where her dad gets stabbed a bunch by these three dudes. Was he in the shower? He was not in the shower. Weird. I know. He actually was facing them head on. Oh, he no. He seems like he's some sort of a scientist or something. This was over a week ago um, that I played this. Uh, <laughs> well, so, I thought that you meant that it was over a week ago that he got stabbed. Oh, it was a while ago. No, she's like a kid and she sees her dad get stabbed, but she's safe by these three guys. And like she's safe. She's, she's hidden. Okay. She, yeah. And the, it's not that they didn't want to kill her. It's no, that they, they, could they did not, not see her. her, but she witnessed her father being stabbed. Okay. Um, so it's basically a revenge story. So what happens is that fast forward... Princess Primrose is now like no longer a princess who knows why, but she's gone into hiding and she's kind of slumming it and she's working as a dancer at this club. Um, And it's revealed that the reason that she's a dancer at this club is because one of the three men who stabbed her dad frequents this club. That's awesome. It's not clear how long she's been at this club or like how long she's been dancing, waiting to find this one guy. But what is very clear is that the owner of the club <laughs> rapes her on a regular basis. This is like pretty much spelled out. They you don't say joking. the word rape. No, nope, I'm not. He's, he's constantly referred to having his way with her. Isn't this like a weird chibi looking? Yep. It's very chibi looking. And it's, it's, it's like an, it looks like an old school nes or, or snes mixed with like 3d backgrounds he like is always talking about how he's going to have his way with her and she literally says at one point until i find him referring to the guy that that killed her dad one of the three there is no disgrace i will not endure oh no. i know i know i know like oh, seriously no. she literally says that um in any case, eventually, this all happens very quickly. She Ugh. also makes like friends with one of the, like, one of the like sweet girls at the club. The other girls all make fun of her, but then like one of the dancers is really nice to her, and she's like this younger dancer who she takes under her wing. This all happens very quickly. Then she sees one of the guys. She goes after the guy. Trouble ensues. Um, there's a lot of problems with this story that's pretty obvious despite like a setup that's not too bad i think that's a great setup it's a great I setup love the idea and then it, and then it goes killer. well she's not a killer yet she's been apparently dancing for years waiting for one dude to show up and he finally does Playing those and like in like deal it's just it's like this story first of all is, is i mean the whole rape thing is vaguely offensive and then the concept that there's other like a lot of checks that this game writes but clearly is not going to be able to cash at least in the short term um, that being said, there's like a lot about this game aesthetically that I really liked. Uh, I initially thought that it was actually the character design was done by this, uh, one designer that I really like this guy named, uh, I'm going to probably really ruin his name cause he's Japanese Akihiko Yoshida. Okay. Uh, he did the character design for Final Fantasy Tactics, which is some of my favorite character design of all time. It's a beautiful game. And this game has similar like 3D backgrounds and uh, and sort of chibi style stri- sprites. This is a little bit more pronounced in the chibi style than Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, he also did Bravely Default. It's not actually him, but it's very inspired by him. And it's like very earth tone, mm-hmm. which I really dig. I like that a lot. Furthermore, the way that the game is designed is that you have these 3D backgrounds that are 3D, but as in the game, as far as I played in the game, they're static, but um, they are 3D, and you have a, and you're moving a 2D sprite, and it reminds me a lot of Zenyu Gears, mm. which is another PlayStation One game that had 3D backgrounds and 2D sprites that I really loved. Unfortunately, the sprites never quite reached the quality of either Final Fantasy Tactics or Zenyu Gears, in my experience. But like, I really like that that someone's trying for that. Um, there's really awesome lighting. The lighting, actually, Frank noted the lighting in his email and like Frank the I was gonna say frankly I mean Frank's totally right about that the lighting is astounding looking interesting it's really really cool Uh, people I hope will like take a look at this lighting for years to come um and the depth of field is really great the menu text is beautiful it's just like beautiful menu text so aesthetically it's gorgeous does it play well the battle transitions are cool too um and like overall, I l- okay. So battle battles, I didn't have enough experience with, which I'm going to get to in a second. But from what I've played, they're fun. It's an interesting. It sort of reminds me of Valkyrie Profile, 
Did you ever play that game? I did so not. It's another PS1 game that I played a lot of these kinds of games. Um, so it's sort of like goes into this 2D space and you, it's turn-based. The battles are very difficult. Um, this is partially because like, so I, I went into the first dungeon, right? The dungeon took me about two minutes to get through. I opened two chests and I had two random battles during the dungeon. And then I encountered the boss. Um, I have not been able to beat the boss. I tried four times and then I was just like, I'm not enjoying this anymore. The random battles were very challenging, but still fun. Um, there's kind of like a timing mechanic and not timing mechanic, but there's, there's like an interesting mechanics involved in the battles. It's good turn-based JRPG battles, but the dungeon was so poorly designed or I was missing something that like, I must've just, there's like a path to the end of the dungeon that you can just traverse within two minutes. And that's the path that I took. And there must've been other paths that go like and open it up more, but like, I'm not bad at JRPGs. There is no reason that I should be losing this many times to a boss. Do you feel though like it's uh the dungeon is there sort of as a nod to the idea that there are dungeons, but that the actual game is sort of a boss rush where you just go into dungeons and there is this very difficult enemy? I would get that if it felt as though um I could go if it were like telling me to go back into that dungeon and grind a bit more but it's clear that i needed to be grinding to beat this boss and ideally there would be a natural grind in the first dungeon and ideally dungeons also last more than two minutes i just like like i said i had two random encounters in the dungeon and the game saved you know before the boss and i didn't feel like going back this feels like uh, kind of mixed messages on this because there are a lot of parts of this that sound really cool particularly the aesthetic elements and then everything you're telling me about the way it plays in the story is kind of like on the edge of not good. Well, the story, I mean, depending on how you take that whole rape plot line, that's outright offensive and kind of gross. Um, The other thing that's not great about the story is that the voice acting is atrocious. Great. It's like painful. Bringing you back to that PS1. Um, The thing is like, so I had been curious about this when Frank emailed in about it and I was, I was very curious about this game. Um, and so I was, I was planning to boot it up and play it anyway, um, because the aesthetics are so in line with what I like. And I, I just, I feel kind of not too surprised, but also let down. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't have let my hopes up at all. You let your guard down. I let my (laughs) Octopath Traveler critical hit, uh, not, not in the sense on our website on Matt. Yeah. Not, not. Not in the sense that our website awards critical hits to the best games that exist. Yeah, I wanted it to be better. That's a disappointment. Yeah. Well, uh, I've been playing some games as well. What have you been playing? So I, I uh, fell back into The Witness, sort of inadvertently. This is Jonathan Blow's... Jonathan um, Blow's 2016. Uh, I think it's actually a 2000... No, it's January 20. I guess it must have been, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a game. It's a puzzle game. It's like Mist. Um, I've played a bunch of it. Is it like Mist? In the sense that you're on an island and solving puzzles, sure. Yeah, the puzzles are totally different than Mist. Yes. Uh, this game is incredible. I think it's one of the greatest games ever made. I never finished it. Like I, I agree. Love it. And I, I also never finished it. But yeah, but I, I and I suddenly was just like, I'm just gonna actually fucking finish this. And I. Partially, this was driven by the fact that I told a guy at work to play it, and he is consuming it so rapidly that I feel like he's going to get to the end and be like, and then this happens. And I'm going to say, what? You're in a race for time now. A little bit. I'm a little under the gun. So I've been playing The Witness again, and I fall back into it. And honestly, the biggest problem with The Witness is that it's not... I would never call it overly long, though it's certainly going to take you upwards of 40 hours to do it all. The issue with it is that it's so easy to just fall into and consume and it is so pleasantly difficult. It's like genuinely taxing on your brain to solve some of this stuff that when you first get it, you play it for two weeks and then there's this moment that comes right when you're getting to the end game where you you just kind of can't take it. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Uh, because it's just, there's so it's just so much and that's not really a critique so much as it is it's like so dense and so impressive that it overwhelms. This to me seems like the game that is 
almost designed for you to get all the way to the end the first time, then take like a six month break, start a new game, and that's when you finish it. I didn't even start a new game. I'm just rolling in from oh, where really? I was. And oh, that's brave. It's amazing because I actually remember how the puzzles work, which is kind of nuts. Yeah, no, no, that's what I'm afraid of. I actually I restarted that game. I think I mentioned this on the podcast not too long ago. And it rolled in, erased my data. You, can, you can't keep more than one data yeah, in the game, awesome. which I like. Yeah. So I erased my data. I remember that moment where I was like, I'm doing it. And then I played for several hours and got stuck in a puzzle that I was frustrated with because I knew that I knew the answer, <laughs> but I couldn't remember how I, you know, how. Yeah, I think it yeah. benefits from that kind of sense that even if you don't remember exactly how to do it right now, you know where you solved them before and you can go back and look at your previous solutions yes. and yeah. go, oh, that was it. Um, man, that game is just, I, I hesitate to say much about it because I feel like the beauty of the game is just discovering it. If Anybody you have not play played The game. Witness, everybody should play The Witness. Don't get the iOS version. It's bad. Get it on your computer. It's on the Mac and the PC. It's on both the consoles. You have a way to play this game. You should play this game. I am consistently blown away by it. And I think it's just a really towering achievement. And it's so good that it makes me overlook the fact that Jonathan Blow recently tweeted that he thought the movie Mother was, quote, good. Did he just say good? He said, I saw mother. It was good. Exclamation point. Wait, was the exclamation point with the word mother? With like the it word is in the good. title? Oh, that's not good. I don't like that. I think that movie is awful and says terrible things about people. But God damn it. That man made a good game that has made, nothing to do with that. He's made two very good games. Yes, that's true. He made Braid. But The Witness is like a towering achievement deserves to be mentioned alongside games like Mario 3. I think it's amazing. I think it really whenever I like fall back into it and just realize the sheer scope of it and the compressed like density is the only word I can think of mm. of its quality. It is amazing and it just hangs with the most impressive games that have come out over time. I think it's really great. So I'm loving The Witness again. Uh, but actually, just you talking about it makes me want to go back and play It's it really good. Uh, what have you been playing? Um, so I played that Octopath Traveler. I've also been playing a bunch more Picross on the on the Switch. Picross? Picross? Picross. <laughs> it's like the Eastern European puzzle game. Also, I feel like you could... It's, it sounds just Latin enough that like you could just sing that as, with, a, with like a some backing cellos and it would be <laughs> really intense um i've been playing that man that that's a ton of fun if you have a switch and you like any kind of like logic puzzles go get some picross um they I, need to put witness on the switch this is alert they need to i'm being serious though because the idea that i could sit on my commutes and just play the witness especially if i had never played yeah. the witness before oh my god God, it would be crazy. It I would just, be such a joy. Even more than that, I just wish someone would put Stardew Valley on the Switch. Isn't didn't that happen? It is. It's out. I'm pretending it's not. You don't want to play it? It's coming soon. You're scared of it. I'm not scared of it. I'm scared of what it will do to me. <laughs> I well, it's it's funny because we've reached this point. I for the listener, I've been telling Matt to play Harvest Moon 64, one of my favorite games. I've been telling Matt to play that game since we met. I feel like I've been telling Matt that he would really like that game. And now Stardew Valley's out, and I know he'd really like that game, and he's not getting it. Because I know what it would do to me. I wouldn't read a book again. It's so good. I, oh, I, I haven't played Stardew Valley, but just if it's anything, if it's like a quarter as good as Harvest Moon, it's probably amazing. It's actually also the um, Jason Schreier's book, Jason Schreier of Kotaku.com, um, his book... Uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels has a chapter on Stardew Valley that's pretty that's pretty cool. It's actually my favorite chapter in the book because it's a one chapter that's not about a development company but about a single person. It's really cool. Actually, that book in general, I just want to throw this out there. Um, if you're curious about video game development, uh, two things that you should check out. One would probably be the Double Fine documentary on the making of uh, Broken Age. Um, after they won that, or not won, but they, they accomplished their Kickstarter. Kickstarter. They won, they kind of did win Kickstarter. They, they actually did. Yeah. Um, 
that and the, but this book is also very good. I like this book. I like also Extra Lives by Tom um, Bissell or Bissell. I don't know. I've heard his name pronounced, but I don't remember that kind of stuff. Uh, but Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, the Jason Schreier book, is an interesting look into uh, how games are made, certainly. I kind of wish sometimes it went more inside baseball because it's designed to be accessible to pretty much anyone, which is cool. Definitely that's a good thing, but like, I almost wish that it went more in depth. Yeah, I actually really want to read that book. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you can borrow my copy because I, will. I didn't buy an ebook. I bought an actual book. Paper. It's back in style. I the drew hipsters in it. Love it. I drew little pictures of Jason Schreier <laughs> in ev- on every page. Um, <laughs> so <a> flip book, <laughs> and he just smiles and says, "I love you, Matt." <laughs> uh, other than not playing Stardew Valley, which I promise I'll get around to, I think I'm thinking like this holiday season. Oh, that's the time. Yeah. When it's when you want to burrow into there's nothing thing. I yeah I'll just be under the blankets. Um, I've also been playing Deus Ex. I still don't have a whole lot to say in this game. I put like do you like like it? six hours into this game. I do like that's it. a lot of time. Here's the thing about Deus Ex. Like these, this is supposed to be an Im- like an immersive sim, and the idea of an immersive sim is partially that um that you have so many systems in place that it produces these sort of chaotic moments of like wow these systems are interacting in ways that we didn't plan to so they're not like cinematic moments they are uh they're they come about naturally via the 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 various gameplay systems interacting that doesn't happen to me every time things go out of whack one of two things happens i either die or i press start and i reload my last (laughs) save because like my impulses as a gamer are too strong so really what Deus Ex for me is that is that like I have like a side mission that says go into this bank and find some incriminating evidence about this corporation. So I go into the bank and I find the incriminating evidence and then I realize like there's a whole lot of bank here that I could just like break into and explore. Like I can just like like turn off all the security cameras yeah. and do all this stuff. And it's never too easy. It's always a challenge. That sounds like a lot of there's fun. It's always a challenge. And so it's like there's a great density here and I don't need to explore this entire density and maybe a mission later on will ask me to, to explore the entire density of this game, but I'm here right now. I don't feel like going across this map any further. So why not just do it right now? So in many ways, Deus Ex feels more like a puzzle game to me where it's like, Hey, you can solve part, part of this crossword and then you win, or you could just solve the whole crossword because you're here right now. Why not? So it sounds like you're like setting yourself a goal more than the game is setting you goals but it's more impulsive than that Mm. it's not that i'm like i'm gonna do this because i should do this it's like it's fun to be in this space and it's only demanding that i do this one thing in this one particular path in this space although really it's like eight different paths that i could take to get there and but there's a hundred paths total so what if i just burrow through every it's like an ant farm or something you're climbing the mountain because it's there yeah, and it's and it's fun to climb the mountain. And so Deus Ex is like a silly game. The story is not like particularly engaging. Um Prague is interestingly realized. If you have any interest in just like how places are creating cities that feel like actual ecosystems of a sort, this is a game to check out because it's it's realization of the city of Prague, which I've never been to Prague ever. But it's it it's an interesting it's an interestingly designed city. Feels something, alive. It doesn't quite feel alive. It's not quite there. Um, and again, I think I compared this to like cities like if you look at like Los Santos from uh, GTA Five or something like that. It's not alive in that sense. It's a greater density and a, a smaller overall area that you're exploring. Um, and that density is what's interesting about it. And I think that it's. I don't know. I haven't fully digested all my thoughts on it in part because I've only played so many hours of this game. Because um, six hours is actually probably not that much to have played. But um, I'm definitely going to talk about it more as I kind of organize my thoughts. Maybe I'll even write a review. But it's if you're interested in, in like how cities are portrayed in games, this is a game to play for that. Cool. Uh, the other game I've been playing has nothing to do with cities. And it's uh, actually does do about... With, does that do with islands? It does about barren islands where you go to kill other people. And this is Fortnite Battle Royale. 
We uh, alluded to this, I think, on the last podcast. We did. Or maybe you cut that. No, I, I left that in. Okay. Uh, it was a little tease. Fortnite Battle Royale is a video game made by Epic Games, um, who in the past had made games like Unreal um, and Gears of War, though the principal people who made those things are gone now. And this is a game that has Minecrafty elements in its core mode where you're constructing buildings and building a fort yeah. for the night in in the the proper game Fortnite. in the proper, proper game yeah recently they totally ripped off uh player unknowns battlegrounds a game where you and uh 99 other people are dropped onto an island and the last person standing wins they ripped that off they made their own version of it it's exactly the same game um i've never played player unknowns battlegrounds because i don't have a pc uh, I look forward to it coming out on the Xbox, but I've been playing the shit out of Fortnite, and I don't think it's great, but I also think it's amazing. Matt, what do you think of this video game? I don't like it. I don't like how it feels. It feels bad. It feels bad. But you know what does feel good? Starting over again. Yes. The best feeling that you get in Fortnite is play, is pressing the, for me, it's the triangle button that says play game. Because um, almost immediately, you will be playing again. again. Like, you can die almost immediately in one of these sort of like, I mean, the way that the game works is that you have an island, and you have 100 people on the island, everybody's trying to kill everybody, and the island gradually shrinks for all intents and purposes, the island is shrinking. And critically, you start with nothing and you only have the weapons that you find. You have like a pickaxe when you start that lets mm -hmm. you break down walls and you can use that to make materials that allow you to build things. The That's, common the common corollary outside Player Nuns Battlegrounds, obviously, would be the Hunger Games. This this game is the Hunger Games. It is the movie Battle Royale. Yeah. It it is you show up in a place, you have nothing. And your only goal is to survive. It seems, though, that the conceit of Fortnite Battle Royale is what if you had PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, but you removed the satisfying shooting and instead you had crafting elements? Because that is what, and I think we've discussed this, I've discussed this loosely with you, um, but the in my experience playing Fortnite Battle Royale, is that there's a lot of shooting that goes on up until the island shrinks to its smallest point, and that's when the crafting begins. Because then you suddenly have to build a base that you are to a degree defending from other players. I, I really haven't gotten to a point where that happens. I always play this as a solo player. Uh, the best I've ever done is being the 18th person left on the island. This game feels bad. I, I just, I really want to emphasize that. Like, shooting people in this game is not a particularly satisfying experience. Not at all. The interesting part about that is that they do die in a reasonable amount of time, even if it's not necessarily fun to shoot them. I've been playing a lot of yeah. a video game called Destiny, which was made by Bungie, a company that has been making shooters on consoles for a long time. Destiny feels very good when you pull the trigger and the immediate impact of shooting an enemy is very satisfying but the enemies do not die quickly and i never enjoy playing it fortnite feels bad when i play it but i cannot stop playing it because there is this constant element that's like i know exactly what i need to do what i need to do is be the last person who is alive and every time that i die I'm immediately given a score out of 100, and I know I can do better. And neither of those things is specific to Fortnite. In fact, they're specific to Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, the game that Fortnite rips off entirely. But those mechanical elements are so compelling that it overcomes the fact that it actually is kind of bad. Those aren't even mechanical elements, though. Those are those are system elements. I feel they're like structural. the mechanical. They're structural. The mechanical elements are poor because the reason that I want to go to to Fortnite is because I want to sit on a hill with a sniper rifle and enjoy the the process of like finding the individual guys who are like scratch, scratching around houses and then like fleeing and taking cover and stuff like that, and. It doesn't feel good to fire a sniper rifle or any other gun, but especially not the sniper rifle in my experience. No, it's not satisfying. And it's it's and so for me, it's less even those structural elements as the as so much as it is that when you when you lose, 
two button presses and maybe like a maximum two minute wait and you're back on that bus that flies over the island and you can just parachute down in and you're back in the game. And immediately you are just another one of the 100 people on this island trying to set the score. So it is, it's the immediacy of being able to jump back in. I, to be fair, I might just not be very good at this game. I'm probably not very good at this game, but I, I find the shooting incredibly inconsistent and I, shooting is I, not my favorite or no no it's not it's not good at all my favorite part of the game honestly is just waiting waiting out other people shooting yeah. each other and just the the sort of like trepidation the tension the that tension. ratchets up as yes. you because you see a constant counter of it's who's just, left it's too bad when that tension when it finally comes to a head just just slates yeah it feels like a bunch of people flailing yeah it it doesn't have that precision or the shots just don't land with impact. I this game has well, very there's, there's very absolutely good no reaction from the other player when you hit them. Well, and it's not even a reaction necessarily. It's that this game has very good sound design. Yes. Um, where you can hear somebody running up behind you. The sound of bullets whizzing over your head is very good. What it doesn't have good sounds for are when you hit somebody else, which I think is an element of like the idea that you should have this spatial sound that's very realistic. Mm. And I suppose that if I shot somebody at a great distance, I would not hear the bullet impacting their body. But you know what games like Call of Duty do really well is they have like a like thack sound that happens when your shot hits somebody. Yeah, and they I have actually... a different sound when their head gets hit because it's a more valuable okay. shot. And so what this game really needs is just feedback auditorially when your bullets are hitting somebody else. If that was the case, this game I think would be like twice as good just from the implementation of a sound when your bullets hit somebody else and an improvement in that sound when it's hitting a high value part of that person. Yeah. Also maybe if it didn't feel so floaty when you move, but there there are elements of the movement that are weak. There are elements of the buttons that feel unresponsive when you go to pick up guns and stuff there's just a lot of literally stuff you have to be aiming the crosshairs at something the entire time that you're opening a chest or whatever oh is that what it is i think that that's what it is i I hadn't done that but yeah i mean this game mostly is just like uh, very critical to all of this is that right now uh fortnite battle royale is free to play yes and so anybody can play it. Um, That's the key. But mostly it seems like it is whetting my appetite to be able to play PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, which I just, I'm more excited than I've ever been for. And this includes after I watched that Tim Rogers video about it. And it's, this game is so clearly a ripoff of something. Which is, I don't have a problem with that. I have no problem yeah. with that. But you can see all of the parts of this that could be better. And it's a rare thing where I can tell that a lot of the things I don't like about this game are probably the case with the version it ripped off. Oh, really? Well, just this game doesn't have vehicles. There are vehicles oh, around the island. Aren't a problem with the version. What I'm saying off. is, what I'm saying is, the the issues I have with this game, I yeah. can see them being solved in, in the thing it ripped right. off. Right now, we were playing Chinese Overwatch. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah, they sued them over that, right? There's yeah. like a rip off of Overwatch. I mean, there's a rip off of everything in China, but yeah, yeah, no judgment. No. Uh, save us from North Korea fingers crossed uh, yeah so I, I do not think this game is very good but I can't stop playing it it might be the best oh, game ever after after we finish recording this podcast you know what we're going to do we're going to play Fortnite we're going to play some Fortnite Battle Royale we're going to have a great time you know what you have on your Xbox that you lugged over here you've got Cuphead you know what Cuphead is and a fantastic game yes. I haven't even played it it's a fantastic game I'm sure it's 100%. definitely better than Amazing. Fortnite you know what we're going to play Fortnite. immediately after this? We're going to play Fortnite. No question. So like this is we are we are fools. Yeah. And this game has made fools of us and I look forward to the better version of this game really demolishing my free time. Witnesses as fools. Um should we move on to our favorite things that are outside gaming of the week? What's your favorite thing that was not a game? Uh my favorite thing that's not a game this week is a record by the musical artist Prince. Uh so I am an enormous Prince fan. I really really Are you the biggest Prince fan? No, 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 no. <laughs> there are many many people who are much bigger. You Prince don't need, fans you don't need me. to be modest, are you? No, I think that actually what I'm about to talk about reveals my lack of <laughs> honest Prince fan. All right. So, I'm a big Prince fan in the sense that I have all of his records and 
a lot of them on vinyl and I listen to Prince. Like basically all I listen to is like heavy metal and Prince. <laughs> That's not true at all. And Oasis. You have a very eclectic I do have an eclectic taste. Well, yeah, and I listen to a lot of rap. But one of the things I listen to is a lot of Prince. And my friend for my birthday sent me a this weird quasi... I, I, I need to talk with him about it because I do not understand if it is an official release. I do not think it is. Um, I can't tell if it's like assembled by bootleggers or what it is. Oh, okay. So like not even an official bootleg, but like... I don't know. It's called The Dawn and it's a like three hour long collection how of did, songs. How did this arrive? In what form? He just sent it to me in a zip file. Oh shit. Okay. But this it has, does sound bootleg. It has art and like people know about it. Like it's the dawn the dawn for... is a thing that exists. You know what I mean? The golden um, dawn. And it's a collection of Prince's recordings in the nineties. Many of the songs appear on official Prince releases from the nineties. Um nineties era Prince is not something that I particularly love. Um it's never something that I would turn off, but in a lot of cases, it's sort of, I, I, the official releases don't really get me excited. This is a fantastic collection of songs, and it's really weird because I feel like later in his career, Prince sort of fell back on, I'm just Prince, I'm going to shred, and I'm going to play some 80s drum machines. Um, The Dawn is weird because it's the 90s, and Prince is like keeping pace and rapping a lot. No shit. And shredding and rapping. And then it's a it's a guitar song about sex. But also then here's a rap breakdown. Guess who's rapping? It's Prince. It's great. Uh, it's an incredible thing. And it's so long. I have not gotten through the whole thing. And it just keeps being like hit, hit, hit. Um, so I'm I'm really enjoying Where it. Where do you find this if you want it? Uh, I can send you a copy. Well, no, I'm asking for the, for the reader. I have no idea. But if the reader wants to send an email to zero stars to podcast Podcast. (laughs) at zero stars.co i will send them a zip file of this because it's dope what what did you like this week uh my favorite thing of this week that wasn't video games is my new jean jacket oh dude that jacket is sick it's uh yeah it's a denim jacket pretty uh pretty light in its coloring uh pretty light wash Oh, and uh, furry on the inside, yeah. denim on the out. It's a, uh, it's got a sherpa lining. Ooh, it's. I feel like in Chicago we just we drop temperatures quite a bit, especially in the mornings. So I gotta say, like, especially in the mornings, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to go every morning. You're sleeping that thing. My jean jacket. So you just walk out. You walk out of the. You just roll out of bed. You're ready to go. Yeah. Hit, I mean, hit, honestly, hit I'm on the verge of sleeping in this thing because it is more comfortable than any shirt I own. It looks amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, so yeah, my favorite thing is my jean jacket. I'm going to steal that jean jacket. It won't fit him. We'll find out next week on the Zero Stars podcast.